Welcome to episode 13 of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, world. It's your girl, Christina. And today we are capping off our first season with an all nostalgia recap episode. We made it through a season. We're going to get actual applause next year to uh, plug in instead of us just, you know, making random noises, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me tonight, guys. I'm, I'm on some other stuff. Anyway, the reason that we're doing a Nostalgia Recap episode is because you guys asked for it. Um, So a few people that listen to us kind of on a regular basis said that they love this portion of our podcast. And we're hoping that one day we would do a complete Nostalgia Recap podcast. And we figured now would be a great time to do it. It's that time of year where people are all kind of feeling all those nostalgic feels and everything because of the different holidays and whatnot. And there's a lot of stuff really to talk about with the Nostalgia Recap. Like we've got a lot to cover today or whatever. Um, So it's still going to be a slightly shorter episode, but there's going to be a lot out there for you to be able to go look at, to think about, to read up on, and to kind of carry you through the rest of the holiday. But before we get into all of that, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod, and you can keep the conversation going with us with the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod if you have any reactions to what we're saying or any additional thoughts of your own. Um, and that's going to be a great way to keep in contact with us, guys, while we're on break. So please subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play and rate our podcast. We can also be found on Podbean and on our WordPress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com. So before we get into the nostalgia recap, I do want to remind you guys that, of course, like we said, this is the end of season one and we will be returning back on January 10th. Um, So we're still going to be doing that Thursday release date. We're still going to keep our biweekly format that we've kind of come up with, um, but we'll be back with new fresh episodes and a good format for you guys. Um, But again, we'll be on social media. Christina will be on her personal Twitter page. I'll be on mine. We'll be popping in on the Nostalgia Mix Pod Twitter page from every now and then, retweeting things that kind of give you the nostalgic feels as we see them. Um, if there's a movie on, maybe that people are going to be tweeting about or something like that, maybe Christina or I'll try to hop in, especially if it's got kind of like that nostalgic feel to it, like we did with the Sabrina live tweet and with the Bobby Brown um live tweet that I did a couple of weeks ago. So just make sure you keep in contact with us. Don't forget about us. And if you have missed any episodes, it would Now's be a, a good time, time to go back and listen to the old ones. Yes, it's a great time to catch up and you'll have plenty of time to do it because most of us are on, I mean, we're on autopilot mode. It's the, it's the end of the year. Yep. At least I am anyway. Or maybe I'm just a slacker. I don't know. Like, are you on autopilot? I'm pretty much on autopilot. Like, don't ask me any serious questions because I don't have answers. Like, and you know, we've talked, I work at a movie theater and this is notoriously the busiest time of year for us. I just got off of six days straight and I'm tired of looking at the building that I work in. So I just, I feel like I've just been working and sleeping and working and sleeping and eating food and working and sleeping and that's mm-hmm. about the extent of my life so no important questions please not until january 1st yep i have been on a roll i've been freelancing and still writing for the website that i write for and also doing some temp work with my old job that's getting ready to wrap up in a couple of weeks because i'm training someone so 
it's a lot going on. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot going on right now. And plus, I've got two little ones, as you guys already know, um, nine and four. So they're super excited about Christmas. We just did all the decorating stuff. So I've got like all sorts of lights and stuff on behind me right now. It's like lit up inside of my house. Um, but I'm a huge Christmas freak. So it, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like as soon as Thanksgiving is over, I'm trying to like throw the decorations and stuff up there. And I like to play music, like Christmas music in November um, to Christina's dismay because she doesn't want to hear Christmas music in uh -uh. November. But I do. Uh -uh. So I play too it soon. anyway. Too soon. I gotta get some joy, man. Like by the like this by by this time of year, I'm like, give me the Christmas music, give me some, give me some joy, give me everything except eggnog because yeah, I think I think eggnog is disgusting. So I don't even know what egg like I like I obviously know that eggnog exists and everything, but what is it exactly? Like um, it's like to me, it tastes like old sugary milk. No, I'm good. Like I. I don't know and that that's probably the wrong way to describe it but it's just it's like i don't know old sweet milk there's some in my refrigerator right now my husband loves it like he likes the southern comfort kind which just seems even worse to me then again your husband is weird so there's oh. that he's awesome yeah, that, but he's weird and you can tell him i said that yeah well that that's that's just that's just gross but I, I think he buys it on purpose because he knows nobody else around here wants it i mean i do but, that too but not with things like eggnog uh, I'm guilty. Yeah, there, there, there are a couple of, of of treats and stuff like that. I'm a Reese's person, so I buy Reese's and everything because I know nobody else wants any of it. There's always some. As a matter of fact, I think I have been robbed and bamboozled because I know I put four king size things of Reese's in the freezer, and now they're all gone. So Reese's don't walk, so that means somebody walked away with them. I know, which is why I'm like, mm. Mm, I've been robbed. I've been bamboozled. <laughs> in my own household <laughs> that's terrible right so are you and i feel like i kind of already know the answer to this but other people don't know it how do you feel about the holidays like the holiday season overall uh christina and i both celebrate christmas um so that's kind of a little bit of i guess a a background of how we are about the holidays but how do you just feel about the holidays overall from a nostalgic perspective i mean now I, now I feel like Scrooge because I'm just like, bye humbug. Can we just fast forward through all these holiday shenanigans? Like, I'm here for Halloween. I love Halloween. Mm -hmm. Although I never dress up. But by the time Halloween hits, it's like, all right, let's go ahead and wrap the rest of the year up and move right on to January and we can skip all this other madness. I wasn't that way when I was younger. I liked Christmas. I loved it. Um, I My parents are not together and haven't been. Um, so I used to spend basically split my christmas between two different houses so it was always fun right. to like wake up at dad's house and then like halfway through the afternoon go to mom's house and open up presents because i get presents from you know two sets of family members um or like start at my mom's house it would basically go back and forth every year so one year i'd yeah. be wake up at my dad's house then go to my mom's house and then one year would be the next for a while up until about middle school high school um so i used to love it because you know um we decorated here. My sister, my older sister, is really, really into Christmas. Like, mm -hmm. I'm clean, in the middle of cleaning up the living room now so she can put the Christmas trees, plural, up. Um, she gets really excited about giving people gifts and stuff like that. Um, and she's actually a really, really good gift giver. Like, most of my family, for the most part. I used to get a lot of clothes when I was younger, which I hated. Yeah. Um, well, no kid wants clothes. No, I Not don't. Not all clothes, anyway. They were never... I never really had a style, but, like... 
They would always get me clothes that I just know I would never wear. Like, <laughs> ever. And I'd just be like, why did you purchase that thing? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Um, but I love toys. I love Barbie dolls. I loved... I got an Easy Bake Oven one year. It was great. But, like, let's be real. Easy Bake Ovens were kind of trash. Like, they sounded great in principle. Like, in theory... Mm-hmm. But they were really trash. <laughs> like you were literally and I cooked a piece of sausage in one. You were literally cooking with a light bulb. Yeah, we we cooked a piece of sausage in one. It took a very long time. Them little it was probably it was one of the dumber experiments. <laughs> them little packets that you would get to make like cookies, and it would be like, oh, you could make like a dozen cookies. You can make like two. Let's be real. <laughs> oh, and they were gross. <laughs> like. Like, they were so freaking gross. Ugh. They were so... You were literally cooking. It's literally a little thing. It's like a conveyor belt with a light bulb. But you were actually cooking the food with the light bulb. <laughs> like, whose idea was this? I need to have a discussion because... It take like six hours to cook some cookies. <laughs> don't, don't fill the pan. First of all, the pans were like... You could crush it with your bare hand if you wanted to. <laughs> But, like, don't overfill the pan and, like, this is what I have done, which is why I knew the Easy Bake Ovens were trash. Like, you'd overfill the pan, and so the next thing you would smell is, like, burnt cookie dough on a light bulb. Yep. (laughs) And you'd be like, I don't know how to clean this thing. So now you gotta wait for the light bulb to cool down, and it's just, Easy Bake Ovens were trash, and it's time for us to admit it, that, like, those things should never have existed. I don't know if they're better now. I don't know if they still sell them. But... No, they're not better now. Yes, they do still sell them because my oldest daughter got one for Christmas like three years ago. My God. <laughs> Experimented in it and it is in the top of her closet collecting dust right now because they're still terrible. <laughs> so there's your answer right there. Yes, they're still around. Yes, they are still terrible. God, man. Like, I don't even understand Somebody's what... still making money off of that. A, just a bad idea. Terrible design. And people are still making money off of this. It's... it's fascinating to me is it literally still cooking with a light bulb yes my goodness like you would think <laughs> like just teach your kids how to cook with the real oven so they don't burn the house down just just do that like exactly yeah no she used it like twice and even she was like this is you know how genesis is she's like this is stupid and i was like you're right this, this is stupid we're not using this anymore because she cooks in the kitchen with me all the time right. so she's you know she's chopping veggies and and mixing things and we make cookies from scratch and do all of that stuff like that because like with me my family is definitely like both sides of my family are christmas family um, I'm kind of like you are where I've got divorced parents. My parents have been divorced since I was eight. So I had the two Christmases thing and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, my mom, we never really got a whole lot throughout the year because mm-hmm. my mom was a single mom. She never made a whole lot of money or anything like that. So Christmas was like the time where we got stuff. Like yeah. our tree used to be packed like crazy. She's got old pictures of just like presents all over the place. And it's just me and my and my older sister whom you guys Got a chance to, I guess, virtually meet when she was on the Fresh Prince episode. But it used to be packed with stuff. But really, mm-hmm. that was literally the only time of year outside of maybe like a few new clothes and maybe a new pair of shoes at the beginning mm-hmm. of the school year that we got stuff. So she she would save up all year and she would put things on layaway. And she was just really, really intent on trying to make that holiday special for us. Right. Um and we've got so many different traditions. Like we always watch uh, a Christmas story at least once throughout, uh, either on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. I really hate um, that movie. <laughs> 
Yeah, and but you know what? I know it's not a great movie, but I love it for that reason. I can't. I, I refuse. Like, and, every and that's because movie. I used to sit. And again, that was like one of the few things because my mom worked all the time. Um, yeah. So it was like one of the few things that we used to like consistently each year, like sit down and do with each other or whatever. And she's a big music person or whatever. So listening to like the Temptations, Silent Night and, you know, Smokey yeah. Robinson and the Miracles Christmas song yeah. and stuff like that. Like those are the songs I listen to now with my kids. Like those are the songs we were listening to when we were trimming the tree a few days ago or whatever. So like mm-hmm. passing down those traditions that my mom started with us and we would, uh, on Christmas Eve at midnight, we would all open up one present and it would usually be like a pair of like socks or like a pair of um, night clothes to wear for that night so we could wake up with our new pajamas on the next morning or mm-hmm. something. And I do the same thing with my kids now. Um, and we, you know, we bake cookies and we, they write letters to Santa and I, I do all the decorating and stuff inside and we always ride and go see lights because that's what my mom would do with me or my dad, when he would come pick me up, he would take me out to all the houses, the really, what we thought was the rich neighborhood in our, in our hometown and take us to go see the lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we still do I mean, that. I, yeah, I've got so many just good feels when it comes to Christmas because to me that was like one of the times a year. I think my parents did so much and my extended family, like we get together, eat Christmas breakfast and stuff. So they did so many things like that that just made that time of year magical for me. Yeah. So I want to do the same thing for my kids. And I feel like I do do that or whatever because they know like as soon as about mid-November hit, they know it's like game time right. around here <laughs> that we're going to be decorating things. We're going to be doing things. We're going to go to tree lightings. We're going to do all of that stuff or whatever. So, yeah, Christmas definitely gives me all the all the nostalgic feels. Um, we actually still go to go see the Christmas lights. I know that's one thing that we definitely do every year, even yeah. if I'm not a huge fan of two Christmas trees and all the other rigmarole. But there's actually a neighborhood that in Greensboro that got some national attention because they make these like chicken wire balls of Christmas lights that they hang up in their neighborhoods and like I don't know how they did it but like the whole neighborhood gets in on it so you can drive around this neighborhood and it's not like a neighborhood when I say a neighborhood I don't mean just like a single street it's like Mm -hmm. streets and blocks and blocks and like it'll take if you were on foot it would take you a couple hours to walk a type neighborhood like it's a huge kind of like ritzy white neighborhood that you can drive through and see all these christmas lights um there's a house there that has the entire peanuts gang on the front yard oh um which is pretty dope um if you're a seinfeld fan there's a house that's got the festivus pole and you can actually go up there and write like your grievances and stuff like that on it if you're in a seinfeld um and like just all this cool christmas stuff Um, and it's actually on the between my house and my job so we'll typically go like either before I go to work or like after because they'll still have the lights on pretty late mm-hmm. um and just kind of drive around the neighborhood and like take pictures it's the same lights every year half those people don't even take those lights down they just don't turn them they on just until leave Christmas. Them up. <laughs> right because it takes too long I mean like when I say I that they them. go all out it's not like they're Christmas trees Christmas lights in their house they're like in the trees and literally 30 40 50 feet up so yeah, yeah I'm see, not going totally to taking do them down stuff. every year like, my, husband's like, my husband's like no he's not really like I mean, he, he likes it and he, he enjoys it and stuff like that, but he's not like Christmas crazy like I am. So like I'm walking, I'm like Carlton on the Fresh Prince, like mm-hmm. walking around with a sweater, practically like snapping my fingers and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So he, I mean, he, you know, he doesn't even really like help us decorate or do any uh-huh. of that stuff. He may put up like a few lights outside and mm-hmm. even the few lights that we do put up like around our porch and on our banisters and stuff and our, uh, 
our wreaths that we hang outside because we have one for our door and then one for our garage. Like we're way more decorated than pretty much everybody else in our neighborhood. It's us. And then there's a house like two houses down and the guy's like a super Steelers fan. And he has the biggest polar bear wearing a Steelers jersey. Oh, wow. It's huge. And he puts it up every year. And then he has like all these spotlights like flashing around everywhere. Like he is so awesome. So it's just like, it's him. And then it's like us. And that's pretty much it. Cause I don't know the rest of our neighbors, they, you know, they don't have any small kids. Mm -hmm. They're just not, it's just not their thing. So yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Halloween too. Like I'm giving out, you know, a couple of years, I'm like giving out candy, all gung ho and stuff, but I didn't get a lot of people because the people near me aren't really doing it. And when you're just kind of like the lone house is weird. It's kind of hard to get traffic to come through. Yeah. Like when we did, you know, Halloween, I think I worked Halloween, so I wasn't here. We made it, may have had seven trick-or-treaters. Like, maybe. There's not really a whole lot of people down here. Like, we live in an older neighborhood, so there's a lot of, like, older couples and, like, senior citizens. Not really senior citizens, but, like, people in their 60s and 70s that, like, right. the grandkids don't live there. So, what's the point in putting up Christmas tree? Although, there's one dude at the end of our block uh, who is, like, clockwork every year. He puts his Christmas trees up the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, they're all white and it's the same configuration every year. He doesn't switch it up at all. So he, they go up the day after Christmas. I mean, day after Thanksgiving and they are down the day after Christmas every year. Like clockworks. Like we're going to know something is wrong when the Christmas tree schedule isn't being stuck to at that house down in the corner. But it's like clockwork every single year. But other, other than that, that house and us, maybe like one or two other houses, like there's not a whole bunch of pomp and circumstance outside. Um, which is weird because I would love to live in one of those neighborhoods where like everybody is all festive and like Christmassy and stuff like that. It might make me feel a little better, but right, I just don't. I just don't care. <laughs> like I don't care anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm older and don't have any kids, and like there aren't really a whole lot of like super young kids in my family. Like yeah. I have a niece, well, two nephews, um, that are less than ten. But they don't even live in the state, so it's just kind of like, right. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. See, I've got four nieces and a nephew. Um, and the older one, she's starting to kind of come out of it a bit because she's mm-hmm. sixteen. Mm-hmm. But the other ones are. I mean, but even with her though, like she's still pretty much like into. She's not too cool yet for the, mm-hmm. you know, for the traditions and stuff. And that'll probably change when she goes off to college or something. But you know, she'll still like get in on the traditions and do all of that stuff or whatever. But you know, I. I think even if I didn't have kids, I think I would still be into it. Like, it's just my thing. Yeah. So, I own a Christmas tree. I've been saying, so for the longest time, I've always wanted a white Christmas tree. Like, Mm -hmm. forever. The kids have white Christmas trees in their room. So, they've got small ones in their room. And then we have our one big one. Nice. Um, We're not putting up the white Christmas tree this year. I should, because that would be, I might. Now that the wheels are turning, my petty wheels are turning. Anyways, um... I've wanted a white Christmas tree forever. Like, I don't know why, what it is about it. Uh, but I've always wanted a white Christmas tree. And, you know, like, the day after Christmas, all the Christmas decorations go on sale. Yep. So, for, like, five years straight, I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to save, like, $20 and go get me a Christmas tree. A white Christmas tree, because I've always wanted one. Um, And last year, again, been putting it off forever and ever and ever. Or, like, I would have the money and just not go out and get a Christmas tree. Like, that's all I want. I don't need decorations just yet. I don't need nothing. I just want a white Christmas tree. Just want a white Christmas tree. Right. Last year, my mom bought me a white Christmas tree. She was like, you've been wanting this. You've been saying, literally, you will not shut up about this white Christmas tree. So I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and buy you a Christmas tree. Aww. So she bought me a white Christmas tree, a stone box. I still might put it up. We'll see. 
But yeah. Hey, well, you got time. I mean, it's not even December yet. Like that's mm-hmm. just my my stuff is just up because I'm just being extra. Like I got lights up. I got little snowmen and all sorts of things. What else do I have on this man? I'm looking at it right now. I've got like lanterns with like tea lights in it and stuff. Oh, it's, nice. It, it's it's kind of crazy in here right now. My table has like a red cloth on it and stuff. I was like, I'm turning it to my mother. So I would love to do that like one year where like I just kind of go all out and like. Yeah, but but for me it's not even going all out this year because we're not spending christmas at home like we're going to my mom's house and my sister's coming up from florida with her kids no so like we have a fake tree up because usually we get like a real tree you know do all of that stuff that's something i'm never doing never getting a real christmas tree not happening not my house you find those stupid needles it's Uh -uh. like june that's exactly why needles in your house (laughs) that is exactly Uh, why Mm -mm. nope no ma'am yeah, no, it's the it's the kids that punk me into that or whatever. Um, I'm the rollover parent. I'll admit it. So they they always they hype me up to do things like that, and then my husband's looking like really, and I'm like, yeah, they got me, man. I'm the punk parent. I'll admit it. They got you for your paper. They do. It's a mess. <laughs> but either way, we've droned on about Christmas enough. So we're gonna get into our recap today, and like I said, we got a whole lot of stuff for you. And so I'm gonna let Christina go with her recap stuff first. Why do you always let me go first is what I want to know. Because I, I don't know, because I do like the opening and stuff like that. So I feel like it's fair for you to do the recap first. Mm, I guess. All right. Um. So uh, I can't even see. One second. Um. So recap things, fun things that I actually got to watch or see or recognize because my head's kind of been under a rock the last few weeks. So do you know Snoop Dogg got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Yes. Last week, he crip walked on his own star, <laughs> <laughs> and his speech was thanking himself for I all his hard work so much. <laughs> <laughs> and for writing all the raps and doing all the work and smoking all the weed and all that jazz. And I'm just like, that's absolutely perfect. Like I expect nothing less from Snoop Dogg. Nothing less from Snoop Dogg. Like. I sat there and watched, I watched the video of him crip walking, well, the gif of him crip walking on his star and was like, that's... He is fully on brand. Like, he was fully on brand <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, this is exactly what I expect. Like, how I envisioned that whole thing going in my mind was exactly how it went down. There is, like, the only thing that he did not do that I expected him to do was, like, smoke one on the podium while he was giving his speech. Like, that's the only thing that's different. Other than that, like, the whole thanking himself thing, because, like, yeah, that man has put in a lot of work over the years. Like, think about all the hits that he's got and, you know, just all the great classic moments. Like, I will never forget a couple years ago he went to see Kanye West and Kanye was doing one of his Kanye rants. (laughs) And Snoop Dogg was in, like, a private booth watching with, like, a scarf on. (laughs) Yes. was like, what is this guy talking about? just cracking jokes on Kanye. It was the most hilarious video ever. But yeah, that's the biopic that I want to see. Snoop Dogg? Yes. Yes. Like, if they, if, since, we're, since we're in this business where they're doing it, like, real often lately, get that one out there. I could see it. I could totally yeah. see that happening. I'd watch it. Um, He got to be involved, though. Like, it can't be... I do want him involved, and I'd, I'd actually like for Lakeith to play him. I could totally see that. Yeah. Because he's already played him before. Really? In a movie. Yeah. God, which movie was it? Uh-huh. Mm, I think it was, uh, I think it was the Compton movie, the, the NWA movie. 
He was in. Oh well, okay. He was yeah he was he was Snoop he played Snoop in the NW he wasn't in there very long like it was really short right. I think when uh yeah I was gonna say it was a really like short snippet or whatever um and I mean he pretty much showed up and he pretty much did like one two three into the four. Okay. I mean he's, he like snapped he like he like wrapped that little part and that was really about it you didn't see him it. much in the movie but like his swag he had his he voice down everything dog. like that yeah like I, I totally could see. he could kill that I can totally see that happening um. Straight out of Compton, I still have not seen yet, even though I know we have it and like Aldous Hodge is in it. And if you know me, you know that I love, 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 love me some Aldous Hodge. Ty knows mm-hmm. because we've had conversations about him, but I love Aldous Hodge. Oh my yes. god. That man is way too gorgeous for words. But anyways, um, so yeah, shout out to Snoop for getting a star. Um Woo. you know, I think it's awesome that, you know, people still get stars. I'm fairly certain they're going to be running out of space at some point. Because um, it seems like they give 20 people a star every every year. Like, Lin-Manuel Miranda's getting a star next week. What's today's yeah. date? The 28th? No, he's getting a star, like, this week. Like, in two days. Um, which is exciting. It's always fun to watch those little ceremonies and stuff. Um, it is. And most of them are on YouTube if there's somebody that has one that you haven't, like, didn't know they had one. The last few years, they've been streaming the award ceremony, so you can go watch them. Like, the Backstreet Boys got one five or six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. NSYNC got one this year or last year, I think. Yeah, I think it was earlier this year. Um, So, yeah, everybody's got stars. Hugh Laurie got one. Hugh Laurie is another one of my favorite people. Um, oh, yeah. So he got one, and... You know, it's always fun to see, like, the people who do the tributes. Like, Quincy Jones got up and started talking for Snoop Dogg and was just like, again, this is absolutely perfect. <laughs> right. Oh, Quincy Jones. I just, he is such a Pisces. And I just, I love him so much. <laughs> He's been doing the wildest interviews lately. And I'm just like, you are such a Pisces because you are just... I mean, he's all over business. the place telling everybody business. Like, and I'm like, that is so, because I'm a Pisces too, guys. And I'm just like, yeah, the way that he's just like all over the place and jumping to like a hundred different subjects, completely a Pisces brain. Telling everybody business, <laughs> telling you who was sleeping with who and who was on what drugs and just, just. Oh man. When he said business. that the Beatles were some non-playing MFs, <laughs> I about fell out. Well. <laughs> can't even imagine because i interview people and i just i don't even know what i would do like i have yet to interview somebody that acted particularly odd and i don't know what i know it's going to happen one day that i'm just going to get like a complete like oddball for interview and i don't know what i'm going to do like i don't know how i'm going to get through it without laughing you just gotta laugh and go with it like (laughs) you just gotta take take it and just laugh and giggle and make the best of it and make it even more entertaining than it already is because these messy interviews are just so much fun to watch. <laughs> they are. So, yay. Go Snoop. Go Snoop. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. Um, so, it's also, Facebook tells on me about all the things that I like. Uh, so, it's the 25th anniversary of Mrs. Doubtfire. was Saturday. Oh. Which, I love Robin Williams. Everybody knows I do. Like, everybody mm-hmm. knows that, like... That hurt when he passed away. But Mrs. Delphire is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, there's no way this movie would have worked now. Like, there's no way. But no, no, no. <laughs> that movie is hilarious, and it makes me want to go watch it um, just because it was great. Like, 
you have him, you know, trying to make it work with his kids and his ex-wife and, you know, the logical thing to do is to start cross-dressing and being the nanny for your kids. Like, that's the... Right. That's what normal I mean, I'm like, that, do, that right? was the plan that you came up with. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is what you're going with? Okay. Because like that's, that's not going to, like, fall apart or backfire in any kind of way. In any kind of way whatsoever. <laughs> like, that... And, and I mean, I didn't think about it as a kid, but you watch it now, you're like, this is a, this is a dumb plan. This is like, just, <laughs> this is not, this is not smart, like, at all. And somebody should have been like, uh, so maybe don't do that, because <laughs> it might not help your case. I just, just might not help your case. You might want to do something else to try to make sure that, like, you and your kids, you know still continue to have a relationship because this is not the move right. um i haven't seen the movie in forever right but it's so good and like it's got one of my favorite aerosmith songs in it because you know he's dancing around dancing to uh dude looks like a lady yes. and there's the scene where like he was at the apartment and i guess his wife was coming over and like he didn't have the face on and so his like master plan to make sure that his wife didn't see the face when you put all that to put your face in the cake <laughs> like what is there was and a he lot said of things it was a going face on. mask and i'm like it doesn't look like a face mask it, it looks like whipped cream like <laughs> does like that movie is just an absolute mess but it's just shows the genius that was robin williams like who Often imitated, never duplicated. You will never find someone. You ain't never had a friend like me. Sorry. Um, there will never be another Robin Williams. And that's just like, it's got to be my top five Robin Williams movies with Aladdin and Dead Poet Society and Goodwill Hunting. Love Dead Poet Society. That's one of my favorites. Might be one of my favorites just across the board. Like, also true. Ever. Yeah. Uh, Goodwill Hunting is probably like one of my favorite, favorite Robin Williams movies. That movie was. I still randomly watch that movie when I need, like, I don't know, to feel better about life. Yeah, it's know. a good morale booster. Um, So, yeah, shout out to that movie. Go watch it. I wonder if it's on Netflix, because now I want to go watch that movie. I don't it's think it fire? is. It's Doubtfire? It's not. That makes mm-hmm. me sad. Um, So, what else we got? Oh, so, since we were talking about people getting stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and... The Backstreet Boys. So People Magazine did an article. Might have been last week. Was last week the week that had Michelle Obama on the cover? Or might have been Idris Elba. have run together. Right. So I'm so, not sure who was on the cover what week. I know they were both up there at some point in time. They've been the last few weeks. So one of them, yeah. either the Idris Elba cover or the Michelle Obama cover, has an article um, on the Backstreet Boys in it. So they just dropped another single for their new album, DNA, um, which comes out in January. Awesome. Um, song is dope. I like it a lot. It's called What Are the Chances? Uh, that's not the point, though. So People Magazine did an article um, on them this week or last week or one of them weeks, sometime in November, mm-hmm. um, where they took a picture with the Backstreet Boys and all of their kids, Aww. which it's a gorgeous photo. And all of their kids are adorable. Does but, everyone have kids? Yes. That's my thing. Like, why are all of them married and why do all of them have multiple children now? Like, Aww. where has the time gone? Like, it's funny. Brian was the first one to have a kid and Brian's son, Bailey, literally just turned 16. That's crazy. Why does one of the Backstreet Boys have a 16-year-old son? 
Right, but it's like you look back at you look back at their old videos and stuff, and they have these such baby faces, and it's like wow, like they are for real grown men now. They are like super it's crazy. Like what is happening? Each one of them, Nick is the only one that only that has one child. Um, he has a little son named Odin who is adorable. Aww. Um, AJ's the only one with two girls, um, named Ava and Lyric, and I think yesterday was Ava's sixth birthday. So it's like my favorite Backstreet Boy has a six year old and. I think Lyric is maybe two, maybe. Don't quote me. I'm not that big of a stalker anymore, so I don't really know Aww. how old both of them are. But Ava just turned six, and then, like, everybody else has two kids, and then Brian has one kid, and it's just like... It brings me back to the moment that I had on the last cruise when me and my roommate, Nicole, were talking, and we're watching some of their old videos and watching some of, like, their old interviews from, like, back in the 90s when... I hate to bring this up, but when AJ was, you know, doing drugs and drinking a whole lot. And it's, it's good to see the people that you've grown up admiring still doing well and still, you know, doing the thing that they love and still making money doing it without a whole bunch of craziness anymore. Right. They're healthy. They're happy. Yeah. Healthy, happy, still doing what they love, still looking great, still sounding great. Like none of them look like they've had a whole bunch of work done. They just are doing their thing and just doing their thing without a whole bunch of rigmarole. So it's like, it's good to see, you know, you've seen some uh, child stars not do that well or not adjust from being a child star to being an adult star very well. Um, Everybody remembers when Britney had her breakdown a few years, well, not a few years ago, but like a decade ago. Oh, I felt so bad for her. I mean, this, it's just so weird when you look at someone and, you remember them in their prime and you think right. about like the impact that they had on you and to see them like do a downward spiral like that, it hurts. It does hurt. You, just feel, you feel so bad for them because I mean, all of us go through, all of us have our valleys and our really just terrible times in mm-hmm. life or whatever, but you can't even imagine what it's like to go through the worst time of your life with everybody's eyes on you. Yeah, it does hurt. But at the same time, like now I look back at it and it's almost like you kind of understand where they were coming from. Like when they have their moments because the 90s, the 90s were a great time musically, especially the late 90s for me, because, you know, I love all of those artists, the Britney's, the Justin's, the Backstreet Boys, all of them, loved all of them. Um, But it was also kind of crazy because like every year, all of those artists came out with an album. Every year they were on an international tour. Every year they were shooting six or seven music videos a year. Every year there was like 85 different performances at award shows like every year for like five or six years these people like they were working like machines just being on tv being in the public eye being you know in the studio being at rehearsals and touring for a year and a half without like more than a couple days break like you can kind of understand why some of them went a little nuts (laughs) yeah like that's not sustainable for a long period of time and like it's funny, Justin made a comment a while ago about how, like, you know, he would never do a Vegas residency like the Backstreet Boys are doing because, you know, it's kind of a sign of, you know, your career being over. But, you know, going back to the People Magazine article, all those guys have kids now. Like, they can't be on tour for a year and a half, traveling right. all the time when you have kids. Yeah, <laughs> your, career, your career has to adjust. Like, and that's right. whether you're... Uh, a famous singer or if you work in a credit union or you know wherever you're working at or whatever like things are going to have to adjust and they're going to have to be sacrifices that are made 
You know, and plus they've been at it for a long time. To me, I don't really see the Vegas res- residency like that. I see it as steady income, steady exactly. money. You've got the fan base there that's going to come out there, that's going to see you and support you and stuff. I'm like, get your money. Exactly. Like, who like- cares what people think or whatever? The problem with people now is that they feel like if people aren't in your face, in your face, in your face, and doing things like big, high profile things all the time that they're like flopping or losing or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, they, they making moves. And making money, you just may not be seeing all the moves, but the moves are being made. And it's probably a lot cheaper to have a Vegas residency than like going on tour. Because when you go on tour, exactly, you have to take a massive crew with you to take, like, I have a degree in live sound and lighting. So like, I know what it takes to have to put a stage up and take it down and then do it over again. Like, I've seen it. I've participated in it. It's a lot of work. So you have to have a crew out there with you every night taking your stage apart and putting it back together again every single night or every other night or like you know keeping up with rehearsals and sound checks and doing all this other stuff with their Vegas residency they just show up they make sure everything sounds good everything looks good and like the stage just kind of stays there so that's less people you have to employ probably more money in your pocket plus it's Vegas so you know Mm -hmm. instead of just going to a one-off date their fans can be like all right I'm gonna go spend the weekend in Vegas I'm going to go see the Backstreet Boys. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to go zip lining. I'm going to go do this. I right. need to shoot to California like, and make a vacation out of it. Plus, you know, at the same time, you know, they've grown up, married, kids, all that stuff. So are their fans. So they can't do the, like, going to 15 shows a year. Although I still know some fans that have been to Vegas to see the Vegas residency like 20 times. And I want to know what they do for a living. But... Right. We ain't got time to be chasing our favorite artists around like we used to. <laughs> yeah, and that's whether you got kids or not. Like we just we 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 getting a little bit older now. Like we got jobs and we got responsibilities and, and things going on. Like ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody does. So, you know, I'm happy to see my boys happy. Um it's always good to see growth and to see them still kicking. I'm glad that my band is still together. Yes, Yay. that was shade. Get over it, people. Um, and they got another album coming out, which means another tour. Tickets are already on sale, and I'm so behind the times, but it's it'll be okay. Um, but I'm excited. They're going on the road next year. Things are going to be great. I might go see them overseas, because the Spice Girls are going on tour, too. Did we talk about that the last time? I don't know. No, we didn't. The Spice Girls are doing like a little mini tour in Europe next year, and they have Ooh. a show on my birthday, and I really want to go. That sounds like so much fun. And like the day before, the Backstreet Boys have a show in Sweden. So, might have to look in and try to go see them. Because, why not? Oh my God, the Spice Girls thing. And then the little promo they did for it. When they started like, when they started harmonizing in the promo, like I felt like the chills. (laughs) Like, oh my God. I was so excited. I was at work at my other job and like I was like oh my god the Spice Girls are going on tour and for the rest of the day I was just listening to Spice Girls music because why not right I was uh, I was so giddy I was like eh, I can't believe it so exciting I still can't like I'm just like wait the Spice Girls are going on tour are they coming overseas no that's okay I'll go to them it's fine it's totally fine right but cool. I'm excited Bastard Boys on tour Spice Girls on tour it's 1999 again Uh, so that's all I had for the moment. We are going to talk about favorite Christmas movies and things we're going to, Christmas movies we're looking forward to and Christmas movies that are our favorites, but we can do that later. Okay. Cool. Well, I've got kind of a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe. you do. But there's, 
but there are some things you can run through pretty quick. So I wanted to mention a couple of birthdays um, of people that we love that Christina and I both have a shared love for, I'm sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Tina Turner, the amazing, wonderful Tina Turner, who is living her best life over with her boo, a Swiss citizen. She ain't even got time right. to mess with us no more. She, she would have got her Swiss citizenship and she over there looking good and living well and hopefully doing well too. I know she's had some, she's some, uh, some health, health issues, issues happening, but yeah. I, I, I'm praying for a speedy recovery. Apparently she's got like some type of stomach cancer or something. Yeah. But my, my girl Tina's hair and she's going to be okay. It's go, everything's going to be all right. She turned 79 this week. So like craziness. Ah, and it's just, it's so crazy. Like, so innovative, so powerful. She was, I mean, that's who Beyonce idolizes. So mm-hmm. for all of you people that look up to and love Beyonce and, you know, and crown her the queen and whatnot or whatever, realize that Beyonce was so nervous when she performed with Tina Turner that she stepped on her foot. So, like, that's the kind of, like, she's got this just amazing awe and reverence and stuff for her. And you can really see it, like, all over Beyonce Mm -hmm. or whatever. You can see her, Tina's influence on just, I mean, I I can't really think of too many, especially black women artists, that you can't see her influence on in different genres. Like, even your your Dionne Ferris's and stuff like that. I mean, clearly, you know, she just, she came in and revolutionized and changed the game or whatever. So, happy birthday to Tina Turner. We love you. Yes, we do. And today, the day that we're recording this, which is the 28th, is James Avery's birthday. Um, And, you know, we lost him uh, a while back, but happy birthday to him, whom we all know is the lovable, the wonderful Uncle Phil. Um, I think on our Fresh Prince episode, we just went pretty deep into all of our feels, like all three of us, my my sister included, who was the guest on that uh, episode about how we felt about Uncle Phil and... I mean, people just love James Avery. He was a fantastic actor. He left a lasting impression on his castmates and everything. So may he continue to rest in peace. Mm-hmm. We miss you, Uncle Phil. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, speaking of Uncle Phil and the Fresh Prince, I had a chance to interview Tatiana Ali, <laughs> who played Ashley Banks on the Fresh Prince. I'm giggling because it's a funny story. Yeah, there, there, is a, there is a very weird story that goes behind it. Um, so I set things up with her PR person. Um, she was actually in Greensboro where Christina is at. She was doing and an event there. I didn't even know at, until like the day yeah. after. Well, she was mad. doing an event there at a um, at a university at North Carolina A&T, um, which interestingly, that's where my husband went to college at. Um, and so they give me the number, you know, they tell me, hey, you know, give her a call at 1030 in the morning. Here's the number. Here's the extension, all that stuff. So I call the front desk, you know, front desk is, you know, giving me kind of a third degree. And I'm trying to explain why I'm trying to reach them without telling too much, because I don't know how much the front desk person really knows Mm -hmm. with her being a celebrity and everything. I'm like, for all I know, the front desk person may not know that Tatiana Lee's staying there. Like, what if it's like a crazy Fresh Prince fan and she's going to like try to go up to her room and kidnap her or something. So I'm trying to work through that whole situation. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the clock because, um, for, for anybody that has never done like a celebrity interview and stuff like that, they're very particular about the time. Um, and a lot of times they tend to call you late and cut you off early. But I was like, ooh, it's, you know, it's kind of in my hands because they gave me the number to be able to reach out to them so I could get like my full 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Right. So I'm back and forth with this lady, back and forth, back and forth. She puts me on hold. She says she'll be back in a second. 
I come back and there's another lady on the phone and she's asking a whole bunch of questions like, what is this for? Who are you? Blah, 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 blah. Well, let me take your number and figure some things out. And I'm like, ma'am, okay, I'll give you my number and stuff. I'm like, but I got to let you know, I'm on a really tight time schedule. Like I got to hurry up and do this because, you know, Miss um, Aline may be waiting for you and everything. And she's like, oh, oh, you're talking to her. This is me. And I'm like, oh, so you're not a front desk person. And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm in the bed <laughs> and I didn't know you were supposed to be calling me today because my PR person didn't tell me. And I'm like, Oh, mm. <laughs> so, I mean, we just sat in like awkward silence for a couple of minutes and I'm like, this is not how I envisioned. Like I had a vision in my how head of how, <laughs> of how it was going to happen when I interviewed Ashley Banks. And I was like, this is not how I envisioned it starting, but everything got straight. It was just like a communication break or whatever, which, which tends to happen. She called me back interview was great she was so much fun um so many parts of the interview that i didn't get, didn't get a chance to include in my article and we'll link the article in the show notes or whatever but mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. was actually interviewing her about a lifetime christmas movie that she did called jingle bell and jingle bell had uh it starred her as the main character it had cornelia smith jr who played markets on scandal it had okay. Pulliam and Tempest Bledsoe, a.k.a. Rudy and Vanessa Huxtable from The Cosby Show. So, like, there was just, like, a lot of, like, nostalgic 90s sitcom kid things. So it was really cool to hear her talk about her relationship with uh, with Keisha Knight Pulliam and them meeting as kids and kind of having that camaraderie with each other as, you know, not only 90s sitcom kids, but Black 90s sitcom kids right. on these shows that have become super iconic. And, you know, Tatiana, when she talked about Ashley Banks and talked about how much she meant, and we even talked about, you know, Ashley kind of being like a, you know, a feminist of sorts or whatever for her time period and everything. Mm-hmm. And she was just saying, you know, I asked her if it was a blessing or a curse to be so closely associated with that role. Right. And she got really quiet for a second. Like she, she really took some time and kind of, which she was very thoughtful in the interview anyway. Every time I asked her something, she would kind of sort of repeat the question back to me a bit and just kind of process it through. Yeah, that's always a good thing though. Yeah, yeah. But she was like, you know, she was like, I can see where it's a double-edged sword. Cause she was saying for a while, it was like a detriment to her career mm-hmm. because people saw her as Ashley. So they wanted to kind of typecast her and put her on those similar roles when she had other things to offer. But she said it's also been great to be a part of something that's this huge thing in the in the pop culture lexicon and how she travels all over the world to this day. And people come up to her and say that they learn English through watching The Fresh Prince or that, you know, she was like an idol and a role model for them, like one of their first role models they ever saw growing up or whatever. So it was just it was super dope to interview her like I, I was excited because again you guys know how much i love the fresh prince and so getting a chance to like interview and and hang out with you know hang out you know via phone or with somebody like that was really cool um so and the movie was fun too i got a chance to screen that and it was great um and shout out to lifetime because they are doing christmas movies and they've got a lot of uh women of color leads I which i always think it, yeah which i always think is good because they've got one with her they got one with Kylie pratt They've got one that came out recently with Tia Mowry. Um, it's it's yeah, there's Tony a lot Braxton. Of yeah, Lifetime movies that are or like a lot of Christmas movies coming out that I'm excited to see. And I've never really been a big Christmas movie fan, but like there's a lot coming out, and I'm kind of excited about it. It is so that was a dope experience for me. Like the interview with her, and even though I was really nervous and stuff, and I I tend to get nervous whether I'm doing it on the phone or face to face, but. Mm-hmm. It just went so smooth and it felt like I was talking to a friend. So by far, like one of the best interviews I've ever done. So Tatiana Ali, if you're out there listening, 
know that I love you because I told you that I loved you without being creepy. I did it in a non-creepy way, but I definitely had to let her know how much she meant to me, how much the show meant to me and meant to so many other people. Sure you didn't do it in a creepy way. I believe you. No, I don't think I did. I don't know. <laughs> I may have to, now you got me thinking. I may have to go back because I saved the audio for everything. I may have to go back and listen to the audio and see if I was You didn't say anything creepy. It's fine. <laughs> but that was that. And so moving on, did you watch the Soul Train Awards? Uh, no, I was at work. <laughs> I didn't either. Mom was at work. The answer is probably 9 to the 10. I was at work. I used but to be I've a big award show watcher. And I don't really watch them like that anymore. And I don't know why. Oh, because they just haven't been hidden. Like, they yeah. just have not been all that great. Um, to me, at least. Um, like, even the Grammys, which everybody knows I love the Grammys. The Grammys is like my show because I sing. And that's the pinnacle of, like, success is to have a Grammy. Um, even the Grammys have just been like, well, what are y'all doing? <laughs> right. Why. Make it stop. Well, I didn't watch them either. But the one thing I did tune in, because I saw a bunch of people, like when I got on <laughs> Twitter, I saw John B. trending. And I'm like, no. Because, no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people are trending, sometimes either they have done something like egregiously stupid. Yes. Or they died. Yes. And I was like, or they're on their way to dying. So mm-hmm. I was like, please don't have done anything stupid. Please don't be dying or already dead. But thankfully he was trending and Donnell Jones were trending because they did a great performance. They sang some of their old hits and stuff like that. And so train awards. Uh, I watched the video. We're going to link it in the show notes. And I just loved it so much because I love John B. I, um, I loved his unsung, uh, episode that he had. What was Ooh. it? Was it this year or last year? I have not seen it, so I don't know. It's good. Oh my God, you got to watch it. I love Unsung anyway, because again, it, is it gives you a chance to like peel back the layers on some people that you haven't heard from in a while or people's stories that you think you knew, but you really didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love seeing him and I love seeing Donnell Jones. I saw Donnell Jones at Women's Empowerment, like during the height of when he was popular or whatever. Why he is was it always then. Women's Empowerment? <laughs> It is. Again, that's something else that me, my mom and my sister used to do the women's empowerment thing. So like I saw Donnell Jones in the middle of the room and it was a bunch of people that I saw perform for the first time there, but he was Mm -hmm. great there. And he also sounded really good on the Soul Train Awards. And he looked, you know, he looked, he looked good. He looked like he was healthy and doing well and stuff like that. So I'm like, cool. And I took my mom to see John B a few years ago or whatever. And he sounded good then. He sounds good now. So, and John B is still making good music. music. Yeah. I heard yeah. he like just came out with an album or is coming mm-hmm. out with an album. So I'm just kind of like. He came oh. out with one recently and it was really good. Like John B and Joe have just been dropping, I guess, independent projects and stuff. And people have really been sleeping on them. That's what people tend to do. Yes. Listen, Joe's last album that it was hitting. So. I still keep it. I keep it in regular rotation. Well, that's Love that. it. I'd have to go check it out. Yeah. So John B. and Donnell Jones was happy to see them at the Soul Train Awards. Good for them. And glad they're doing good. Right. I heard uh, Faith perform too when I saw like a little snippet and was like, Faith can still blow. She can mm-hmm. still she can still get it. I ain't mad at it. I, love yeah. I saw Faith a snippet Evans. of her from Kim Porter's uh, funeral where she sang there. And... It was it was pretty powerful. It, it wasn't long. It wasn't a long clip or anything like that. But it was it was a powerful performance. I was like, go Faith. Faith has been through some a things. Yeah. So for her to still be doing good and you know, you know, people can say what they want, but she she seems happy. Her and Stevie J seem to be happy together and stuff. And so if she's happy. I'm happy. 
Faith deserves some happiness. I don't know. I don't know how that came together. What's happening there? But, <laughs> but it is not. Listen, her and Stevie J and the Tony and Birdman thing—they're way beyond my head. I just—I don't know what's happening I in these saw relationships. That but picture of them a while ago, and I was just like, I don't know. Oh, Lifetime is it? Lifetime is doing the Tony Braxton movie? Yes. I watched that today. Okay, so they had like a, a Christmas preview special of all the Lifetime holiday movies coming out and like they had interviews melissa joan hart mm-hmm. hosted it so it was awesome to see her um and it was like interviews and clips with like people from different you know different holiday movies and stuff like that and so they were asking them random questions and asking them like you know what their favorite holiday song is and all this other stuff and they were talking to tony braxton and she was like yeah i've got love and they put a picture up of her and Birdman, and i just kind of put my head down and shook it and was like i don't know what's happening here like yeah, what? but she what she really on? loves that man. She really I, does. She was on Wendy recently, and <laughs> Wendy and I don't watch Wendy Williams show that much, but she's to me Wendy is like a walking meme, like her facial expressions is. and stuff. She, it's just hilarious. Like I would tune in if there's somebody up there that I know that she's going to be particularly messy with, and I knew she was going to be messy with Tony. Mm. So I made sure that I watched that clip of her interviewing her, and Wendy was really trying to wrap her head around it too. Like you could clearly see it. She was like, so what? Birdman, she's basically like, what is happening here? In so many words. Like, she did it in the most professional way that Wendy could possibly do it. But she, Tony Braxton really loves this man. And she says he's really sweet and they've been friends for a long time. Like, there's a genuine love there. And she's really happy. I mean, that's fine. I'm happy yeah. for her. It's, I, You know, again, I, it's it's over my head. But shut up. <laughs> if you like, yeah, if you like it, I love it. And I love Tony. And so, go for it. I don't know how we got to Tony Braxton, but you know, uh, we were talking hi, about Tony. holiday movies, and <laughs> I don't know. Let's just move on. Hi, Tony. Your 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 movie was great. I enjoyed it. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I feel like we can't. Do we really do episodes and not talk about Missy Elliott? Because I feel like we talk about Missy Elliott like all the time. Uh, we talk about Missy Elliott like once. Missy Elliott and Janet Jackson are like the patron saints of this show, right? So, Will Will Smith, they're like the holy trinity. Yes, (laughs) they are. We just talk about the three of them all the time. But of course, I got something Missy Elliott. So Afropunk released this really short video clip. Um, Again, it'll be in the link in the show notes or whatever. And they did like just a mini tribute to Missy and like her impact on the music world in terms of her videos and how she kind of brought in like ghetto fabulousness and avant-garde and everything into her music videos and stuff. And she retweeted it and she was just like, you know, she felt so humbled and grateful. And I just... Anytime I see somebody giving Missy her flowers, it just it, makes it just does happy. something to me. It makes me so happy. And it, you can tell it really makes her so happy because she always acknowledges it. Like Gabby Union uh, made her her Woman Crush Wednesday. Today. And was just talking about, yeah, it was just talking about how much she meant to the music industry and, you know, how just sweet and genuine she is as a person. And so anytime Missy Elliott gets her flowers... To me, she still owed that Video Vanguard Award from MTV. Don't yes. know what y'all doing over there. Hello, people at MTV. I don't, I don't understand what's happening. How this hasn't happened yet. I mean, I especially tapped the you... mic in a, a very annoying manner about it, but I know that that's an annoying sound, so I'm not gonna do that. But right. taps mic, MTV. What are you? What? What's the problem? Yeah, like give give Missy her things. So I'll take whatever Missy love I can get, and I love that. <laughs> Again, I just I love Missy's Twitter page because she basically is a historian of her own career she is she she just gives so much love to herself like and i and i think that's just so dope and i love it missy's like if y'all ain't gonna give me my flowers 
gonna give my flowers to myself and, and just big, big up myself and let you know and remind y'all of what I've done and how awesome I've been in this industry and the impact I've had on the industry. Somebody on my timeline, it was funny because she was having a conversation with Mariah Carey on Twitter and somebody that I follow was like, so cute. y'all two should do a song together. And I just kind of <laughs> took a deep breath and was like, but uh, they have. Right. <laughs> like, where have you been? Like, like, just assume that if Missy Elliott speaks to anyone else, that she's done a song with them. Pretty much. Because she pretty <laughs> much has. Like, if, you, if she tweets anybody, if anybody tweets her... And talks to her. If they are a music artist, they've done a song with her. Or want to do a song with or her. Or want like, to do one with her. But not as well as 10, they've done a song already. And they have. Like, right. Let's be real. So I just kind of had to be like, so yeah, they've done a song together before. Yeah. I've got, a, I've got an article in me brewing about Missy Elliott and Beyonce. And my frustration over them just not releasing some of those album cuts that they've done together. It's in my spirit. I just haven't had a chance to bring it out yet because I'm not understanding why this is ha- why this hasn't happened. It is a crime against humanity. It really is. It's ridiculous. But shout out to Afropunk for big up in Missy Elliott because it's the proper thing to do. Exactly. Always. Always. Always respect your elders. Yes. 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 Respect your OGs. So, speaking of missy elliott and how she kind of ties into like the 90s r&b scene and all of that stuff like that there is a big r&b concert that's going down in atlanta on december the 7th and i saw this on facebook and it's going to be and so i had to you know because of course facebook will post a fake poster in a lie in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. so i went out and googled and it is actually happening um it's got boys and men drew hill involved sold Ralph Tresvan, Johnny Gill, Blackstreet, and some other people, I'm sure. But those are the ones that like I could remember, and I was like, ooh. And if I lived in Atlanta, I would definitely be there. But uh-huh. if you're near Atlanta, guys, and you love any of those artists, go check that out. And let us know how it is, because I know it's going to be awesome, because it just has people that I love. Like, I love hey, all those people. Hey, if you are a follower and you go to this concert... We will put you on the show because I need another Drew Hill concert recap to add to our other Drew Hill concert <laughs> recaps and all of their shenanigans. Oh my okay? god, I forgot all about we talked about. That's like our Drew Hill concert recaps. Like if I made an episode <laughs> that was like the top ten moments, that's got to be like easily number two or three. Easily, your, your Drew Hill experience and mine too. I mean, with Nokio. The, the way he was throwing them flowers at the women in the audience, I petals were everywhere, and I just guys a mess. <laughs> and he just had on the, the the biggest scarf, and it was just wrapped all around his head and neck, and it just looked like he was so hot. He had on shades, and I don't know if he was really singing or not. Like he was just I wandering, and he had it. a microphone, and he was just kind of meandering about the stage, and <laughs> just. I, you're not Just supposed get to off throw... the stage and let Cisco do the concert. Because he's not supposed like to throw the only one like that. that really wants to be here in the first place. Listen, Cisco had a dragon mic and was doing one-handed cartwheels. Yes. And this man is out here launching flowers at people with petals falling off. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Go home, Nokio. Just a hot mess. <laughs> so please tell me, or somebody send some video or something. We got to figure out. How many Drew Hill members are going to be there? And then how many are really going to, like, be there? Because Dokio right. was there, but he was not there. 
was not present. Like, so I need to know how many are there, how many bodies are on the stage. And then I want to know how many people actually, like, perform and what that looks like. Two and possible. I, I can't. I, I can't. In Vogue, I feel pretty good about them. Yeah. Um, I feel pretty good about them. I feel good about Boys and Men and everything. Ralph Trasvan, he can still he can still sing. Him and Johnny still got the vocals and stuff like that. I'm not sure about the Black Street thing. Like I feel like I haven't seen them come together and do something in a while. Hmm. So I don't I, mean, I don't know how that's gonna translate on stage, but I hope it goes well. I mean, it should be a mostly good concert. Like seventy five percent good. That's what we're gonna do. That's that's we'll that's my goal. Like seventy five percent of the acts are gonna have their stuff together. Like Boys and Men has a Vegas residency too, so you know they don't sound like trash. Right. And In Vogue has been doing the thing for a while, and yeah, and Ralph Tresvant is on tour so. with everybody in New Edition, but like the people that matter. <laughs> well, not really the people that matter. Johnny Gill's not there, and somebody else is not there. Yeah, I don't know New Edition. Well, now it's this new group with it's basically BBD and Bobby Brown. They got some name R R D R R B R M whatever whatever it is. It's new. It's it's BBD and Bobby Brown together doing things. And I don't know. And Ronnie just he on reality TV. It's messy. I don't know what's going on with them. I saw a headline about him and his wife, and I just. I have so many questions, but this is not the podcast to handle that particular topic. She just needs to stop talking. But like, just stop. Can be trash, and perhaps you should stick to singing and don't answer no questions. Yeah, just I'm like, girl, stop talking, y'all. They they really shouldn't have went on done this reality TV thing because it is it's messy. But I guess you know, do what you do. I don't know. I'm staying out of that. Anyway, since we brought up Drew Hill, kind of ties into my next thing I have. So you guys know that I love Michael B. Jordan and I will try to shoehorn him in any kind of way possible because he's Michael B. Jordan and he's my actor bae. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a video of him a couple of weeks ago in the backseat of his car. He was doing promo for Creed 2 and he was just doing all sorts of 90s singing badly, by the way. And so he made like a joke on his tweet saying that he should be on carpool karaoke, which I would totally tone, tune into because Michael B. Jordan is a talented man and he's an attractive man, but he can't sing to save his life. <laughs> but he does it with so much heart and stuff like that. And he was having so much fun. Like he sang a Drew Hill song. He did 112 Only You. Um, he did Casey and JoJo All My Life. And oh my God, no. <laughs> that video... The video kills me because that's the first song that he does on it. And he just comes in, you know how he goes. And he just came in like, ooh. And he literally sounded like that, like <laughs> way off key and everything. <laughs> it's just, it was so cute because, I mean, clearly, I mean, he knows he can't sing. He said that before mm-hmm. or whatever that he can't sing. But it's cute to see him do moments like that because he doesn't take himself too seriously. And, you know, just like him jamming in the backseat, having a good time, kind of opening up because he's a pretty private guy. So yeah. it's always cool to see him do videos where he kind of opens up and stuff. And plus, I mean, he was doing all these 90s things and he's at, he's our age. So he's got the same feelings and everything about these songs and everything. And these artists, surely that we do, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. just kind of like flashing back. And it's a nostalgic thing for him. Casey and JoJo's All My Life. That song. Such a bop. Yes, such a bop. Forever. I associate it with middle school. 
because Same. when we used to have middle school dances, like that was the slow dance song. And yeah, people would be out there just doing like the churchiest of slow dances because of course the, you know, the teachers wouldn't let you get like nowhere remotely close to each other because I mean, they had to <laughs> like, you were going to get pregnant if you dance close to each other or something. And I'm like, it is dancing, calm down. But literally right. people would have their arms outstretched to each other. Like there's like three feet of space between you and the person that you're dancing with guy, girl, whomever, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just, that's, that's how I associate that song with middle school dances and terrible churchy dancing. It's, it's, yeah, I, it's a mess. Yeah, school dances were an interesting time period, like in middle school. But that was the song that they played every single dance. Right, every dance. And then, like when the thong song came out, they were playing that, and I was like, you know, you probably shouldn't be playing this for song y'all to for have schoolers. all of these rules. This is not appropriate. No. This is not a right song to play. My science teacher was actually the DJ. He was a white dude named Mr. Dunn, and he used to be the DJ for our school dances. And he would play that song, and I'd just be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> just, just why? Why are just you doing this? A bad decision. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So you don't want people, you know, bumping and grinding, which was right. the term for it at that time, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know of the song or whatever right. by an artist that should not be named. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, they, you don't want people bumping and grinding, but you playing the thong song there with were, a bunch I mean, of kids who were starting to feel their hormones. We go through this every episode where, like, we talk about a song and we're like, you know, now that we're a little bit older, probably shouldn't have been listening to that. Like, yeah. Man, <laughs> I shouldn't have been listening to none of them songs. I knew that Drew Hill. I knew that thong song or whatever. That that video. Uh, I can't. I'm not going there. Speaking of I'm videos <laughs> and Casey and JoJo, since we're going to go back to Casey and JoJo, did I tell you about the video that I saw of... Okay. I have a stupid question at first. Okay. Which one is Casey again? <laughs> okay. How, how can I describe this without sounding? He's the slimmer gentleman. Okay. Remember so one Casey, of them was a little bit of a larger gentleman. He's the slimmer. He's, he's slimmer not even like that big. He's just the larger of the two. But anyways. So right. Casey is at a concert and they were singing and somehow he ended up on... I think I've told the story of this video. He was on one of security well, He was guards. on somebody's shoulders and he was eating the chicken? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of a run was like, give me a piece of that and took this person's chicken and proceeded to eat it and continue to sing the song. <laughs> Like, if that is not the ghettoest thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> that video, and I, they were at, they were on some radio show or something like that. And oh, there's like this small this clip is. of them singing Time is Slipping Away From Me. <laughs> and they sound horrible. <laughs> and they're like, Time is Slipping Away From Me. <laughs> But, like, you can't hear the song because they've got headphones on and I guess they're singing, like, live on the radio. And it just sounds like two old dudes singing. And somebody just made a video of it on a loop. And every time I watch it, I cry. We are trash. God, help me. Oh, I'm literally crying right now. My stomach hurts. 
god. Oh, oh my god. Huh. Thank you, Casey and JoJo, for the oh memories. <laughs> that ch- that chicken video kills me every time though, because he's just. Why is he on his man's shoulders? Why would you just take a piece of somebody's chicken and just eat it? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Were you hungry? Like, did you not eat before the show? Like, what is happening? Listen, again, another biopic that gotta happen. I just need Jodeci. I just want, they need to do a Jodeci one and then just segue off into a Casey and, Look, and JoJo one. I just need both jo- of them together. I need Jodeci- to find out what happened, what was going on. They got to show it on HBO. So the, the Jodeci biopic, just- here's what I need out of the Jodeci biopic. Because as we all know, we have discussed <sighs> that there are two types of people. Two, uh, you either like Jodeci or you like Boyz Men. I yeah. am clearly in the Boyz Men column. But anyways... What I need to be discussed in the Casey and JoJo and Jodeci biopic is why are y'all in the desert singing your heart out in black leather? They had a piano out there. <laughs> I need to know why you guys are doing this and why y'all thought that that was a good decision. <laughs> Where did that piano come from? I'm just... See, when Boys to Men was out in the desert, they were in white linen, like right. smart people. <laughs> Mm-mm. They had all full. I guess they were trying to keep their bad boy image, Christina. I don't know, like, but I mean, I, I don't know how the piano fits into that image. I don't either. That <laughs> piano. I think the piano. The piano might take me out even more than the leather. Than the leather suits. <laughs> I get that piano from. <laughs> I just okay. I'm not crying anymore. <laughs> oh man. Time is slipping away from now. No, <laughs> stop. Ever, ever again. <sighs> oh my okay. god. I, I think I think we're okay now. I got it together. So I'm moving away from '90s R&B stuff because we just it's it's get, it's gonna get out of control. All right. I'm back. That sounds like a plan. I'm back together. So as you guys know, I love 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 Doctor Who. Like. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm a huge sci-fi nerd or whatever. And I got into Doctor Who a few years ago. I write about it. I go to conventions. I cosplay. I interview people from the show. I do all of that stuff or whatever. Doctor she Who feels turned... about Doctor Who how I feel about the Backstreet Boys. Basically. Yes. Like, it is my thing. Like, I got, like, a lot of, like, nerd verticals and stuff like that. But Doctor Who is, like, my main thing. Like, my main fandom or whatever. And so it turned 55 this year. So happy birthday to Doctor Who. Um... I don't think when the show first came out, it was pretty groundbreaking for the time. It was supposed to be a show to teach children about history. Um, it was held by a woman. And you actually, the, like the very first episode was directed by a gay um, man of British Indian descent. So, I mean, it was completely, you know, kind of out of the box, experimental and stuff like that. But all of the concepts and everything they managed to come up with to keep the show going, having multiple actors in that leading role, all the different companions that have traveled with the main character. Mm -hmm. Like it's 55 years in and it's still going strong. The fandom is bigger than ever. Um, This season of Doctor Who is absolutely wonderful. Um, First time they've had a woman in the titular character role. A lot of diversity. They had a black woman write for the show for the first time this year. And it was a really solid episode. So just going back and looking at an unearthly child, um, which is the very first episode that came out back in 63 and just looking at where he is now, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just fantastic. So happy birthday to Dr. Who. 
my forever fave and i hope it's around for many 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 more years to come yeah it's weird because like not a lot of shows last that long or like Mm-mm. have that type of longevity like the simpsons come to mind because they've been on for fifty-seven thousand years and it's crazy Grey's anatomy has been going for i think this is season 15 or 16 or something right <coughs> and doctor who took a hiatus for a while or whatever but really it was the it was the fandom you know, yeah. writing writing stories, doing, and that's kind of where, like, the big Finnish audios came in. And I've talked mm-hmm. about that before in a recap or whatever. Um, they're basically full-length audio stories. They actually bring in actors and actresses from the uh, from the series to come in. They create new characters, new worlds, new villains, and everything like that. But it was because of that fandom fervor. Like, it stayed on hiatus for, like, from 89 through, like, 2005. That's and, I mean, just that continued fervor to bring it back they did one movie in 96 that Mm -hmm. you know didn't really go over quite so well Mm -hmm. um but still i mean that's how rabid the fan is and that's how much the fan has such a a love and appreciation and admiration for the show so i do i love doctor who and if any of you guys are doctor who fans and you want to talk to me about it i'm at ty gooden reach me over there we can talk all things doctor who i can talk about it all day so happy birthday doctor who yes she can indeed talk about doctor (laughs) who all day i can attest to how much every single con we've been to okay so let me take that back i think me and her have been to maybe two Mm -hmm. one one i think two maybe two who knows every single time she has to take a picture with the tardis every single time she's got to buy some you know doctor who merchandise every single time like like that's that's your girl i'm team marvel so i have to buy some captain america and iron man and black panther merchandise at every single con she has to buy something doctor who every single con that's your girl <clears throat> absolutely i've got a tardis up in my with my christmas stuff i always have the tardis up and i sprinkle some snow on it because the doctor usually does christmas specials so and as a matter of fact i had a tart i have a tardis tree christmas tree topper that i used last year so my tree was silver and blue and i had the tardis at the top of my tree sounds about right it's very on brand for you it is so yay doctor who all things awesome so i my next one is one I know that Christina and I are both definitely into, and it is the Lion King trailer that came out mm. around Thanksgiving, and I'm excited about it. I feel kind of dumb. Why? Uh, <laughs> okay, so when they first announced that it was going to be like a live action Lion King, CGI live action was not what I had in mind. I was thinking of something more along the lines of like a Broadway-ish type thing. See, a lot of people were thinking that and I'm like, I don't know where you people got that from. (laughs) I don't know. And I mean, again, I don't really keep up with a lot of like movie news and stuff. I I try to avoid like spoilers and avoid a lot of information for most things that I watch. Like I was talking with a with a friend about this about the walking dead and they were talking about how so many episodes are kind of underwhelming for them because they listen to you know all the different spoilers and hear mm-hmm. all the overhype from people about this is going to be this and this is going to be that and i tend to enjoy things a lot better by mm-hmm. just kind of like staying out of things and muting things and just kind of minding my own business in general so i mean i don't know i, I really you know i just kind of heard about it i heard who was going to be in it and stuff and i was just kind of assuming that's what it was going to be i didn't really go out to go like read and research and figure out what it was so the mm-hmm. trailer was a complete surprise to me but i was like i could be into this i 
so I was at work on Thanksgiving when it debuted and happened to catch a small bit of a break to go watch it. And I saw people on my timeline were very excited and were crying and were like, oh my God, like, children get out of the way. This is only for millennials. And I just... Well, see, I wasn't into it like that. Nothing. Yeah, like, like was I wasn't like, like crying over it or anything like that. We're but I was doing like, okay, this. I could do this. That's fine. I mean, when I heard Lion King and I heard live action, I thought that it was going to be basically like the Jungle Book, which it is like the Jungle Book where it is more realistic looking and they look like real animals instead of it being like actual lions and tigers and all that craziness. Right. Um, so it was pretty much exactly what I was expecting, like live looking lions and hyenas. And actually, I don't even think I saw hyenas. In no, I don't think so. Um, but like, you know, realistic looking Rafiki and all that stuff. And, you know, basically the opening scene, which is exactly what I got, which is exactly what I was expecting. And I'm just kind of like, meh. Like, I love The Lion King. Yeah. It is easily top five, one of my favorite Disney movies ever in the history of the world. I enjoyed The Jungle Book when they did the remake. I wasn't expecting to, but I, I did enjoy really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, especially with um, Christopher Walken doing... Uh, uh, what's the song? The song where he's King Louie and he's talking about fire and wanting to be like a human. Oh, I want to be like you. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. Um, but I'm just kind of meh about this. I'm excited that uh, James Earl Jones is back as the voice of Mufasa. Um, I, I think that's what I'm most excited about. Not emotionally prepared to watch Mufasa die. No. Again. Um, but I'm just kind of like, meh. Like, this is happening. I've accepted it. Um, I would much rather enjoy, like, the stage play as a movie, like if they put that in theaters, I would be very happy because right. I've seen it before and it made me cry. It is absolutely insanely gorgeous. The costuming, yeah. See, I would have loved to see like something like that. Like I'm like was okay. phenomenal. But this, I'm just kind of like, this is happening. There's a lot of movies I'm like that about. Like I saw the the Aladdin preview from a few months back. And I'm just like, okay. Oh, the Aladdin thing I don't care about, which weird. is very weird because. I love Will Smith, but I just don't care. We're apparently doing another Toy Story movie, which I'm not entirely sure why we're doing another Toy Story movie, but that's happening. I don't care about that either. I, I don't know what's wrong with me with those things. Like the Lion King, I'm like, okay, I can get into that. I can definitely do that. I was never really a big Toy Story fan. Like it was okay, but I was just kind of like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, I um, like Toy Story, but I, I just, I'm kind of like you where it's like, okay, another movie for what? You know? Exactly. I just want some more money. Um, So I'm just, I'm... I mean, I'll see it eventually. Am I excited for it? Not particularly. Um, I just, it it didn't do anything for me. Like, I've seen that as a cartoon. Like, the entire trailer, if you put the trailer for this Lion King and the trailer for, you know, the animated movie, it is it lines basically a shot, for, it's a shot mm-hmm. for shot remake of it, which is fine. But I, I don't know, maybe I'm expecting something different or maybe I just don't care enough. But it, I was just kind of like, eh. This is a thing. It's happening. It can continue to happen. Like Christmas. I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I'll it's a thing. Yeah, I'll watch it. Say, I'll be watching it. But I would have rather seen, like you said, like a production, like a live production with actual people. But yeah. whatever. I'll be watching it. I like the trailer. So 
I have a couple of documentary things that are coming out pretty soon. And by pretty soon, I mean like within the next couple of months or so. So the first one I heard about was a documentary called The Orange Years. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be about Nickelodeon in the 90s, like kind of like their origin and kind of how Mm -hmm. they built themselves up to be the successful network that they are today. Apparently there was a premiere of it, like a, like a limited release or something like that. Oh, nice. I think it was like mid November like or something. Theaters? Yeah. I, I don't, I think it was maybe like, Oh, I don't know if it was like a film festival or something like that, but I know that they did actually show it earlier this month in New York city, but I don't know. I can't remember where, or if it was like at a mini festival or mm-hmm. at like one theater, you know how they'll do like maybe like an arts theater and show something mm-hmm. You know, hoping that maybe it'll get picked up by some larger thing or something. I would love to see something like that on Netflix. Yeah. Not necessarily like going in a movie or something like that, but I could see it going on a streaming service and people be into watching it or maybe seeing it, them doing like a, some type of like mini series or something with it online. I don't know how the documentary is set up or anything, but if it's broken up into parts or what, I would assume that it would be them. So maybe they could do like a mini series, you know, on on television, on some network. Yeah. Yeah. But I would enjoy that. I would enjoy it. And I'm really curious. There's been no word like yet about like a wider release date or if it's going to go into movies or kind of like the medium that it's going to come through. Mm-hmm. But however they dish it out, I'll definitely be I'm into watching. it. Yeah, I- I'm watching. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be missed, into that. Speaking of Nickelodeon and all things Nickelodeon, I don't mean to derail this conversation, but you know we missed Keenan and Kel on Double Day, right? That was like last week. I saw that they were going to be up there and then it like, cause last week was just, last week was crazy, crazy for me. Yeah, guys, I was sick last week. I was, I, I was in ER last week. It was, it was a wild week. So yeah. <laughs> if but something last happened week last week, I don't remember. Yeah. You may have to find it and like try to watch it or something. Yeah. We'll I definitely want to watch it. We'll do that. But yes, I definitely want to see this documentary because I mean, we we're a nostalgia podcast. The '90s Nickelodeon were like greatest Nickelodeon time ever, like ever ever. Yeah. Um. So I would definitely love to see that documentary and some of the behind the scenes of what went into some of my favorite '90s shows. Um. You know they're doing a they just greenlit a show or they're starting production on a show. I don't know what the name of it is, mm-hmm. but um. It's a show with two black leads and their cousins, basically. Um, they're like teenage or oh. 10 or 11 cousins. Somebody said it looks like my brother my and brother me. My brother and me-ish, and, yeah. And I said, well, that's all you had to say to me. I am gay. Like, I know it's definitely going to be a show geared towards kids, but I'm excited to see them, you know, going in that direction. So, Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I'm going to watch that, and I'll definitely be getting my kids into that. Like, I'm always trying to find shows like that that have black kids on them. I mean, mm-hmm. not saying there's anything wrong with them watching, because she likes, you know, like, iCarly and stuff like that. It's not saying anything wrong with that, but there's so such a wide, you know, range of representation and stuff out there. Why not? Right. You know? Like, that's dope. Something like, because my brother and me had only got one season. Like, we talked about that before. Like, it just mm-hmm. did not get its fair due. And it was actually a really funny show. It was. It was hilarious. I'll be like, curious to know are... if that's mentioned in the documentary. Hmm. Now we have to find it. Yeah. I'll be curious to know if that's mentioned in the documentary or whatever, or how much they'll mention, like, the whole in terms of, like, you know, diversity and representation and stuff. Because and, they were really doing their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So, like I said, they were the pinnacle of everything. They were. I was watching more, more Nickelodeon '90s shows, and I was watching '90s Disney shows. I'll put it right. out there like that. Uh, so they definitely had the the '90s on lock. Like I said, the '90s were a great time, man. Like, <coughs> there was a lot of good things that came out of the '90s. It were so. Hopefully, if we get some more, or if I find out some more information about that documentary, I'll definitely be sharing it with you guys. Um, the other doc that I saw out there is one that Nat Geo is going to be releasing in January, on January 13th of next year. Um, and it's about the 90s tech boom. So for oh, any of you guys nice. that are into like any internet, you know, if you're, you know, any type of internet technology or anything associated with the internet and the World Wide Web, yeah, that, that seems like that's going to be, I've got an article that I have linked in the show notes, um, but check that article out. I think it's going to be good i'm looking forward to it because i mean look at how far the internet has come like even your social media sites like i think about when i joined facebook back in like 2006 i was on i got i waited a little later um so it was around 2006 when i joined and it was still called the facebook yes (laughs) and you can you had nothing up there like all these features that we got now (laughs) it was called the facebook you couldn't comment on nothing and you could not like there were no videos there was nothing it was just you like posting pictures or like doing text posts on people's pages right and you had to have a college email address like you couldn't get on facebook unless you had a college email address because it was meant to connect you with other people on your college campus right or when you think about like search engines like it's like oh my god or just the look of the internet period like myspace was a big thing back then like MySpace, I wonder what Tom, like MySpace Tom is doing with his life these days. I don't know. Somewhere being rich. It's very possible he's just somewhere being rich. Yeah, you know, he made plenty of, he made plenty of money. So yeah, that Nat Geo documentary, that's, that's going to be good. So I, you know, and I can't remember, it's probably in the article somewhere and it slipped my mind at this point or whatever. I can't remember if it's going to be like. I don't know if it's, I think it's going to be like a one I don't know if it's like a one day thing or if it's going to be like a mini series type thing. I would hope it would be a mini series. Yeah. That, I feel a like, lot to cover. I feel like that's a lot to cover. So I feel like it's going to be like a series of things and maybe January 13th is like the start date, but I'm sure they'll probably have more details about it as it gets closer to, gets closer to being released. So look out mm-hmm. for those documentaries guys. That's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, so the last, and I'm coming around to my last couple here. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I got to bring this up on my phone. There is this Twitter page called All Podcasts Matter that I follow, obviously, because we have a podcast now. Mm-hmm. And they had this really funny question that had hilarious responses to it. So mm-hmm. they asked, what alcohol did you drink when you were younger that you are ashamed of now? <laughs> and people's responses to that brought back names of alcohol, some things I had never heard of before. Yeah. <laughs> One of my followers said that she drank gin and literally the bottle just said gin on the outside. <laughs> and she was just vomiting as sick as a dog the next day. Like it was just no brand. It was just gin. Like on the cartoons when they just, just put gin on the outside of it. Like she just drank That's crazy. gin that belonged to nobody apparently. And so, I mean, it, just, it took me right back to college where like just, because you're broke and you just drink. Like, I'm a vodka lover now, so now I do, like, 
Tito's and I'll do um, Kettle One and stuff like that. Stuff that's mm. a little bit, you know, a little, little bit higher quality and everything. Like when you uh-huh. drink it, it's not like burning your throat or anything. But <laughs> college, it was like Sky and Smirnoff and stuff like that. And I'm like, if I try to drink Smirnoff now, I don't even know if they, I don't even know if it's a thing that they make anymore. I don't even mm. want to know. I would probably spit it out. Like it's just it's terrible. Terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible. Like, do you have do you have any kind of like alcohol that you drink in college that now you're just like, oh hell no. I definitely wouldn't drink that no more. I mean pinnacle I don't do anymore. Like anything basically my my rule of thumb now is that I have to reach down to get the bottle. It's a no. Um so no pinnacle vodka, none of mm-hmm. that. Um Everclear I stay away from. Oh god. Um yeah, I've had some horrible nights with Everclear. Um, Bacardi 151, which I heard they don't even make anymore. They don't need to make it no more. Is um. also on the list of things that I will never drink again in my life. I remember taking one shot at a club one day for my birthday that... This actually might have been the night that, like, we went out for my birthday the first I, night we met. I think that... Somebody yeah. gave me a shot of 151, and I don't remember anything from the rest of that night. Like yeah. I, I don't, gave it. I don't know if that was your first, the first time I went out with you for your birthday, but there was another time I went out with you for your birthday, and you had shots of. We're not talking about that things. Just stop. And... <laughs> like stop right there. <laughs> like, but no. So like, somebody. I had a booth at Lotus Lounge, and a friend of Mo's brought me a shot, <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. I told him to go get tequila. He did not bring tequila back. And I gave it to Mo and I said, Mo, what is this? And he took a sniff of it and was like, you don't need to drink that. And I said, okay. (laughs) And I did. And I don't remember much more of anything that happened after that. No, you were fine. I mean, I was there. Like you didn't do anything weird or anything like that. And then there was that other night where I forgot everything. (laughs) But we're not, we're not talking about that night today. Yeah, so, so 151 just, is on the list. We're we're just rolling right through it. I'm not even going to allow you to talk about what happened that night. Uh, Everclear, um, cheap tequilas. Like I used to love Jose Cuervo, oh, but Jose Cuervo it tears my, my stomach, stomach up. Don't oh get God. along anymore. Like there was a point, and it wasn't even a gradual thing. Like me and Jose Cuervo were cool, and then one day we weren't, and I was like. Okay, so I need to start drinking better tequila now because yeah. I love tequila too much to stop drinking it. So now I drink Patron or other like silver tequilas. I don't do eighteen hundred. I just don't like eighteen hundred. Mm. It's not that I had a bad experience with eighteen hundred. I just don't like it. Uh, but I can never drink Jose Cuervo again either. Um, yeah, to me eighteen hundred is just it has a bite. Like it's just it's just not good. It really isn't. Um, I don't like Jose Cuervo. I don't. Um, that's pretty much the end of the list. Um. Yeah, it's crazy because like I went to the, we went to the liquor store before Thanksgiving and for the first time in a very long time, I didn't buy tequila. I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels, which I've never, well, it's a, it's a bottle of Jack Daniels single barrel. So it's not like the plain Jane Jack Daniels. It's a Mm -hmm. really, really nice, smooth Jack. Um, It's so good. I had it for the first time at a whiskey bar here. And like, that's the only place you could, the first time I had it, that was the only place you could get it um, because they didn't sell it in North Carolina. Then I went to Kentucky and had some and bought some back for my bandmates at the time. And now they sell it here. So that's what I'm cool. sipping on these days. Uh, but tequila is always my best friend. Just no more Jose Corvo for me. Yeah. Uh, keep it. It was far, like far that with me with, with Jose. Like it was fine. And then it wasn't fine. 
Right. <laughs> like the last time I drank it, I felt terrible the next day or whatever. And I like, I was like, well, hydrated. I had been like drinking mm-hmm, water mm-hmm. throughout the day and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess that's just, and that, that just kind of came to the point with me with like a lot of different types of like alcohol. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I think once I got like to like my late twenties, it was just over. Yeah. And I mean, especially now it's like, I'm not about to drink nothing that I feel like my nose hairs are going to fall out or something like that. Like when I drink it, I want it to go down. Like I like kettle one. If I drink it, whether I'm drinking it straight um, or, you know, if I do mix it into something or whatever, like I want it to go down smooth. Like I'm at that point where I'm not like trying to drink to just like be drunk. Like I'm trying to drink to like enjoy the taste and trying to drink to just relax and chill. Like not trying to be like crazy drunk. Unless I'm like yeah, on vacation, but even then I don't want to be. But even then I don't want to be crazy drunk. Like I mean, you know, it's okay to have a buzz and stuff like that. But it, it's more drinking to, because you actually like what you're drinking, not just drinking exactly. to be drunk like you do in college. Because that's college. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not with that life anymore at all. Um, but you learn, you grow, you yep. get better taste on things. Um, yeah, but it's always yeah. fun to look back and just think about. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that, that, that's definitely one of those questions up there that just takes you back. Like, wow. Good mm-hmm. days. Yeah, we good times and de- bad times. We made some stupid decisions in college. Like, we didn't know each other in college, but like, I know I made some stupid decisions when I was in college. Oh, yeah. I made a whole bunch of dumb ones. Just... Oh. Terrible, terrible decisions. Whew. Yeah. But to wrap us all up or to wrap up all of my nostalgia recap stuff, I kind of feel like we'd be a bit remiss if we didn't mention Stanley. Um, This hurts. It does hurt. Um, You know, and I mean, we know, I don't know. He just, he felt like one of those people, like a prince or like somebody like that. You just kind of feel like it's going to live forever. Like you, you never thought you would really see the day, you know, that it's inevitable and that, you know, these people are human and everything like that. But he was such a larger than life figure Mm-hmm. It was just hard to even imagine the day that he would actually pass away and you wouldn't see him making those cameos in the Marvel movies and stuff like that anymore. But yeah. uh, none of I think there's so many of us and I know, you know, and I think I could definitely speak for both of us saying that we wouldn't be the people that we are today. If it hadn't been from Stanley going about his path, setting out to do what he was meant to do on this earth mm-hmm. and doing it exceptionally well. He... Like, I got into comics way late. We've talked about this, that, like, I didn't get into actual physical comics until, like, recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he doesn't have as much, hasn't had as much influence over some of the comics recently as he has, you know, when Marvel started and, you know, all the comic books became a thing. Um, but, like, what a legacy. Just thinking about, thinking about all the comic book characters that you know of whether they be, you know, the big ones like Spider-Man and Iron Man to like some of the smaller ones. Like, um, my favorite character now is Spider-Gwen. Oh, Um, yeah. I love her. Her outfit is dope. Um, that's pretty much the thing that I love about her. That outfit is sick. Um, but like seeing like all the comic book characters that exist now that wouldn't have existed without without him, seeing the 20 some odd Marvel movies that, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies on top of the X-Men movies on top mm-hmm. of all of the Netflix TV shows and the TV shows on Hulu and like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the other, you know, Marvel X-Men related shows, the animated series, like all yep. the animated movies, just, 
I said this to somebody not too long ago, but like, he's like a second Walt Disney. Like, you know, Disney's got all this stuff with, you know, Mickey and Minnie Mouse and then like all of their, you know, movies and stuff like that. And, you know, Disney World and all that jazz. And I know Marvel is now under the Disney umbrella, but like Stan Lee created his whole, a whole universe, a whole multiverse of characters that we all love for various reasons. Love and hate, because the villains are included in that list, too. Right. Um, so many lessons we've learned. So much, you know, I enjoy going to see those movies with my friends. Um, you know, it's an entire genre of movies. Partially a lot because of Stan Lee. Like, I just wish I could have, like, 1% of how much influence he's had. Right. On, like, the world. Like, everybody across the world loves these movies everybody right they're racking in i think they racked in like a couple billion dollars this year like and that's just the movies think about all the comics the licensing the toys the outfits the cosplay the you know they take over most of you know san diego comic-con and new york comic-con right and it's not like he started in this career like when he was like a teenager like he was well into like his 30s or 40s he was in when his forties when Marvel. Yeah, came I was gonna say when he when he really got when he really got into it or whatever. And so that in itself is inspirational, you know, mm-hmm. because it's never too late. Like there there's no timestamp or anything like that. And a lot of people, especially now, because of social media and people just kind of following other people's lives and kind of getting that what I like to call the highlight reel of other mm-hmm. people's lives through social media or whatever. Now you right. feel like people feel like they have to have it all and be doing it all by, you know, 21, 25 and all this stuff like that. But I mean, stories like his are an example of that sometimes it's so it's a winding path, um, but it's your path and your path to walk alone. And because he, you know, took that path and he got to it on his own time and did things his own way. I mean, he shaped generations of people with these characters. Oh yeah. Generations, you know, he for, Somebody like me who liked comics as a kid and stuff like that, that was a place of the comics and, and and cartoons and stuff like that were a place of hope. It was a place of happiness. It was uh, like a, a reprieve and an escape from mm-hmm. my daily life and from the things that I was going through and stuff like that. So, I mean, and it's just, he's so, he's such a instrumental part of, the world and pop culture world as a whole or whatever people that aren't even into stuff like my mom doesn't care anything about any of the things i like or whatever i mm-hmm. mean but even she you know knows and recognizes and was you know she called me to talk about it when he passed away to her because she knows the impact that he had on millions of people and i mean i went to dragon con in 2017 and i got a chance to sit in on the stanley panel there mm-hmm. and the energy i mean number one the room was just packed out to the max and the energy that was just in the room when he walked out on stage and the energy that he gave us in the audience or whatever. I mean, you know, you could definitely tell that he was, yeah. you know, health was starting to kind of slip and everything like that. But I mean, he just in such good spirits and I don't know, I can't even describe what it felt like to be in that room, just being in his presence, like even from yeah. that far away or whatever made you want to do more made you want to be better. Like it's just something about him that just makes you want to yeah. be better or whatever. So if you're talking about a life well lived and an that's accomplishment the made, that's the guy right there. Mm. So much. Like, he did so much. And, like, it's crazy because people, there are stupid people that like to say that 
comics are stupid or comics aren't political and stuff like that. But like people forget that like the X-Men are a big allegory and you know, what's the word I'm looking for? An allegory for like, you know, the way the world is and how like you don't accept people because they're different from you or because they have powers or because they're blue or purple or whatever. Um, like he had such a great social impact too. Like he understood that comics could be not just something that people could enjoy for entertainment, but could change lives. Um, and that's what he did with his life. He literally changed so many people's lives. Um, you know, he's up there on the list of like things that are kind of defining for me, you know, nineties, Disney nineties, pop and R and B music. Stanley and Marvel and all the greatness that that comes with. Um, it's just kind of sad to see him go. But, you know, at the same time, you know, he's, again, he's lived such a full life. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's very happy to be back with the love of his life again. Mm-hmm. Um, since she passed away. Was it last year that she passed away or the year before? I feel it like it was last, last year. year. Yeah. Um, who apparently was married when they met and, like, she like immediately left whoever she was married to to go be with Stanley, and they are. I mean, <laughs> you know, I ain't mad at it. I am not mad really at it at all. You know, I've, really seen some, I've seen some younger photos of Stanley. He's not, not a bad looking guy. Either. He's not. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I'm glad we got to live in the same time period as him. Basically, I know it's the end of that train of thought, um, long meandering train of thought. Um, sad to see him go, but at least we still have it's kind of like when Mike Shinoda was talking about Chester Bennington at that concert you know yeah he's gone but we still have all the movies and Mm -hmm. all the comics and all the merchandise and videos of him talking about random things and apparently he has recorded quite a few other cameos already for Marvel like they didn't like, he's going to be in Captain Marvel, I know for a fact. And yeah. whatever the title of the next Avengers movie is. But, like, I heard somewhere that he's done, like, ten or so that they've got just, like... Oh, and Spider-Man, because Spider-Man is wrapped already. Um, But I hear that they've got, like, quite a few cameos already filmed. Because they knew this was coming. <laughs> um, Which is kind of morbid, if you think about it. But, also, got to play yeah. ahead. But I was gonna say, but that seems like something he would do. Like he would just embrace that, you know. Yeah. My my time here is, you know, is coming up and I'm going to my, you know, to my next phase, whatever it is that he, you know, believes that believe that next phase to be or whatever. Right. So that that seems on brand for him that he would it does. That he would do that to leave that gift to his, you know, to leave that gift to, to fans of, of his yeah. of the movies and, and of his work, you know, as a whole. All I know is that next Avengers movie is gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt some fierce. Aww. It was already hurting after Infinity War. Like, let's just go ahead and put that out there. Right. But, like, I almost wish that he was alive at least to see that because it's a culmination of the last 10 years of Marvel and how they've gone, where they've gone. But I'm fairly certain he knows what's going to happen. So, oh, yeah. That. <laughs> yep. So, rest in peace to Stanley Excelsior. Do you have anything else that you want to add? Nope. I just want everybody to have, I say no, and then I start talking, right? That's real jacked up. Anyways, I just want everybody to have a great 
holiday. Um, I don't know what holiday everybody celebrates, but Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate, I hope this time is a time of rest and peace and great times with family if, you know, you like your family. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be in planning mode the next few weeks because I want 2018, 2019 to be great. Mm -hmm. uh, 2018, it's kind of sucked. I'm kind of over it. <laughs> uh it's not necessarily been the world's greatest year but i learned a lot about myself this year so there's that um and yeah, uh, yeah. we will see you all in 2019 yep it's been an up and down year for me really great highlights i've gotten a chance to do some really cool things this year mm -hmm. just kind of building and expanding on that got big plans for next year big plans for the podcast um already started working on a content calendar and some different ideas and stuff that we want to try to try to get done. So this is a great time for us to be able to hash through with that. Um, and of course I've got the same, same sentiments as, as Christina, you know, hope you guys enjoy this season. Um, it's not too late to do things this year. So, you know, you don't have to wait to 2019 to start something new or to, you know, to make some more progress on something that you're already working on or whatever. We don't have to wait to the new year. You could do it now. Nope. There's still some time left or whatever. We don't know how much time we have left. Um, so always keep start that now. in mind. Yeah. Always keep that in mind and start now is no time like the present. Um, so I wish everybody well again, if you guys have any type of nostalgia things that you see out there during our absence, send them to us, email them to us at nostalgia mixpod at gmail.com. Um, make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. Use the hashtag. We're checking it. Um, let us know what you see out there. Anything that you may want us to talk about or possibly cover in season two. We'll be more than happy to consider adding it to our schedule. So we wish you guys well and we will see you in 2019. Have a good one, guys. Okay, bye.